When it comes to personal branding, I often encourage clients to think about their why first, you know, their, their purpose. But my guest this week, Suzanne Tulline, made me really think about this differently. And, and she actually finishes her personal brand process with her clients with that why question uh, versus starting up at the front. I don't think I could take that deep dive authentically until I understood who I was with those attributes. And that really helps clarify my why and helps me with content. And in our wide-ranging discussion about personal branding, we cover many of the other elements of her DNA process. And we create declarations around what we see those areas being and in our future present state. So we're actually looking into the future. If we were to apply all of our style and value attributes, what would we become in these areas? Join me for this exploration into how you can discover your own personal brand DNA and the three characteristics that will make you successful. All that after the break. This is REI Branded, the podcast all about building your real estate investing personal brand. My name is Paul Cockett, and my mission is to help you, the busy real estate investor, stand out from the crowd so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. Meaning that you can build a successful real estate investing business without feeling inauthentic, overwhelmed with marketing, or spending all day doing it. Because marketing is how you get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. But before we begin, if you're a real estate investor looking to build your business and stand out from the crowd, and you don't want to wait for all the knowledge, strategies, and how-tos to be slowly delivered to you via this podcast every week, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. That's the process I've created that has already helped dozens of real estate investors to define and develop their personal brands and build their real estate investing businesses. This audit is a mind-focusing, eye-opening insight addressing key questions like, is your message clear and consistent? Do you stand out as being different? Are you on people's radars and inspiring them enough to reach out and want to know more? The application only takes a few minutes and the link is in the show notes. After you apply, if it seems like I can help, we'll set up an initial conversation to explain the audit in more detail and answer any questions you have. So if you're a real estate investor who's committed to building your personal brand and business this year, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. Now, back to the show. Suzanne, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Great to have you on the podcast. And you and I have a lot in common because we talk personal brand, obviously, on, on a regular basis. I think we could probably kick off with going back to the basics a little bit and saying, what is the difference between marketing and branding? Paul, I'm so glad you asked this question because just laying this foundation work before we get into all the details is so important so that people can hear what we have to say in a different filter. So let me get into that. First, I want to say you market a brand, right? So you market a brand. So that gives you a little bit of a distinction right there. And if you're out there marketing something, you have not yet fully defined and aligned to. My question is, what are you actually marketing? So marketing is the dissemination of information about the brand. The brand is just a set of persons that we have consumers or we have as the owner of the brand, right? And it's our job as the owner of the brand to get crystal clear, to identify, define, and then align ourselves 
to that set of perceptions that we want others to have about us or about the brand, the entity, whether it's a business brand with employees or we, the solo professional, are the brand of our business. So what do we want others to perceive of us? If we haven't sat back and really identified and defined that, let alone aligned to it so that our actions and behaviors are actually walking the talk and delivering on that promise, then again, my question is, what are you out there marketing? And Paul, oftentimes what happens if if you haven't defined your brand and you are spending money and time and effort out there in marketing, what you're actually doing is chasing the client because you're not clear enough to create the distinction and the messaging because you haven't done the work to clarify. So are you saying that branding helps you, I mean, you say about chasing the client, appear less desperate? I guess. (laughs) Well, you're you're out there thinking you know what your market wants, and that's really not the focus of of branding. That's a focus of marketing, sure, to understand who your market is. But until you identify and define who you are and what you bring to the table and your distinction, you cannot talk distinctively and separate yourself from your competition in the marketplace until you know that. So think of the function of marketing, of the initiative of marketing is assigning meaning. That's what branding is, is assigning meaning. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. So so many of us haven't done that work yet. And we're just, we're just throwing money out there in marketing. And that brings me to, you had on your website that you follow a conscious branding manifesto. And I think that kind of leads (laughs) to what you were talking about, which is, and one of the things that you had on that manifesto was clarity is the basis for action. Yes. So how can someone get clarity? What are the things that people need to be thinking about to distinguish between that brand and marketing? Right. So clarity, I have a system called brand DNA. It's my methodology I created way back in, I think it was 2004, wrote a book with a business partner of mine at the time called brand DNA. And what we did is we studied all these brands that seem to be able to grow and scale no matter what the economy was, no matter what was happening outside of themselves, right? So we determined some of these elements that they all seem to have and put together a philosophy or a methodology around unpacking what that was and helping clients unpack that. And so the first piece is core values. You have to identify and not only identify, but define those values to what you want them to mean for you in your culture, in your space versus the Webster Dictionary definition. That doesn't make any sense, right? How do you put this core attribute into action and make it tangible in your delivery of your promise? So a set of core values identified and defined. Uh, we have a set of what we call brand style attributes. And so this is kind of the icing on the cake. It's the flavor. It's, it's making things look pretty. It's the style, the personality, the collective personality of a business, right? Or the personality of the solopreneur and how you actually go about delivering those core values, right? It's walking your talk, but in a certain way, a flair, a style, right? So there's a set of attributes that you identify and define so that you can then begin making tangible in your customer service delivery, in your capture of market share, right? Your follow-up, all of these different things you get to 
infuse that brand style into. So people get to start knowing how you operate. Oh yeah, that's the one who blah, 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 right? And I think you've underlined an important element of branding because I, I was listening to a podcast just the other day and somebody was saying that they spent months, if not years, trying to be what they thought the audience or the marketplace wanted and failed miserably because of it. Because and, your audience is fickle. Right. You can't control them. You can't you know, guess what is going to be happening. Your best bet is to really get clear for the basis of action, right? On who you are and what you know you can deliver every single day consistently walking your talk and on that promise. So people get begin to trust you. But yeah, what you're talking about is the recipe for demise. <laughs> and you you said you and your partner analyzed brands. So these were larger brands that were doing yes. this predominantly. So because that's where the most most of the information was available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But whereas now I think I guess there's an opportunity now to do that more with personal brands, although of course the bigger personal brands we see have evolved into companies anyway, haven't they? That that very often happens, doesn't it? Where the personal brand of an individual is successful and they grow, but the essence of that brand still lives on in a bigger company, a bigger organization. Yes. And so that's also a very tricky area because as you grow, you get different mindsets in the organization, right? You're bringing on people that have different ideas and things. So it is very, very careful, delicate, strategic process to retain and maintain the consistency of that personal brand appearance. And not only the appearance, but how they go about delivering. So there has to be super clarity in that personal brand to ensure that as they grow and scale, that they're not losing or diluting the meaning of that brand that got them to where they are right now. That kind of brings to mind Apple. And I'm thinking Steve Jobs. Yeah very distinctive personal brand. And a lot of what Apple was about was that personal brand of Steve Jobs, but they have managed to make that transition after he passed. Mm-hmm. And, and Tim Cook is not Steve Jobs by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been able to take over that kind of mantle, I guess, and still maintain mm-hmm. some of the important elements of the personal brand, but then also not necessarily I get the sense now that Apple doesn't revolve around one person, whereas it previously did. Exactly. I think what they did is they really relished in the set of core values around Apple, and they began to build those out even more succinctly and more definitively. And that was really about innovation. And, you know, even though Steve Jobs was very innovative, he had a eclectic personality, right? That kind of would, in some ways, help the company, in some ways, not help the company, right? So they wanted to streamline that a little bit. And I think that you can have in different areas of the company, you can have a a few different, what we call those style attributes, those personality attributes that help the company continue to grow and evolve. But the core values remain the same. And they're, they're just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into what they know they stand for. And I think that that was the consistency string that kept them growing in a very appropriate way and was able to transition like they did. And what else should a a real estate investor be thinking about when it comes to the DNA of their personal brand so that they don't sound like others that say they do what they do or they 
they invest in properties the same way. Well, if they can realize that every single one of them are unique in and of themselves in terms of their personality and their unique set of core values. So once you get done with the DNA, and there's more than we can talk more about all the other elements in that process, but we just talked about the style attributes and the value um, attributes. Once they get done with that methodology, then there's an overlay of characteristics. And what, and there's three characteristics that make that brand DNA successful. And the first one is consistency. So just being consistent with what you land on and resonate with who you are, what you found out yourself to be. And so this can be a variety of different things. Everybody's a little different in how they lean into like one investor could be really, really good with numbers just super uber good. They can forecast, they can see lagging and leading indicators of things. And so that's what they would perpetuate in terms of their differentiator, what makes them good at what they do. Someone else could be highly organized or highly communicative and they build collaboration or they build relationships very well. And they've got to really capitalize on that. So knowing that is where you start beginning to be more conscious, strategic, and deliberate in how you deliver on your own personal brand. Mm -hmm. Another person could be highly, really good at sales and negotiation. And so you want to then as you grow, you want to bring on people that are like-minded in that way that can support you in that sales and negotiation strategies to perpetuate that brand and being like, this team over here is really good at negotiation. You know what I mean? So you got to find those little minute, sometimes minute, sometimes big areas that you're just naturally good at and begin capitalizing on that and talking about that as your differentiator. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned three. So consistency with the first, what, what are the other two things that people... The other one is authenticity. And I know, you know, that's a loaded word. People are using that all the time, but My caveat is, how can you even be authentic if you haven't identified and defined who you are? Your authenticity ends up being what you think others want you to be, right? So it's really interesting. If you haven't done that, you cannot say that you're authentically authentic (laughs) because you haven't done the work. You know, self-development, personal development is huge in helping people become more authentic and really being able to discern what's on brand for them or off brand for them, right? So don't walk around and just tell your friends, oh, be authentic, you'll be fine. Well, think about what does that authenticity mean? Am I trying to please my external environment? Am I really honed in and grounded with my core values and who I know I am being? So um, I'm guessing that you're not a fan of fake it till you make it. (laughs) No, to a level of... Knowing who you are well enough and discerning that the environment that you're in isn't enabling or supporting you in being that, but you can still have the mindset that you are that and you are there, but then discerning that you've got to get out of that environment and get yourself surrounded by people who support you in your own authentic self. In that way, I do, but not the fake, fake line. I'm this big personality on screen and then I, then I leave screen and I'm like, ooh you know, like depressed and negative and not energetic. And that's fake it. That's, yeah. I think that's what you're talking about. Or you have a picture of yourself in front of the Ferrari and then you get on your bike and go home. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You have to fix your tire first before you. (laughs) 
And so the third one, uh, the third characteristic for success is a term we don't often use, but I call it being generative. So what that means is when you identify and define who you are, then that's at one level because you're at the, you're at a brand new state of clarity, right? Of of knowing who you are. Then you're going to start saying, well, oh, this is going to open up Pandora's box. And all of a sudden I can see where I can apply all of my style attributes and my core values into my messaging, into my way of being and my actions and behaviors and how I treat my employees if I have them and how I treat my customers, all of these things. And then I'm going to continue to generate, being generative, my next level of being me by just being me more and more and more. It's like 2.0 versus 1.0 when I first discover who I am. And I keep being generative as I think more and more of how to apply and infuse my attributes into who I am. And that goes back to your point earlier is you already have a brand, yes. but it's being first aware of it and yes. then continuing to evolve that brand as, as you feel more comfortable, as you things work and you try things and things don't work and you try something else. Right, right. So everyone already has a brand because a brand, again, is just a perception. It's just a set of perceptions. We're giving off perceptions all the time. We're perceiving other people all the time, right? The big question is, is are you in control of it? And most of us aren't if we haven't taken the time to identify and define that. And and what do you see as the dangers of not controlling the brand? What happens to somebody? You succumb to your environment and you become very reactive. So you're no longer in control of your life. You have a hard time manifesting things that you want because your outside environment is really controlling everything around you. I don't know about you, but I, I want to be in control. So I want to take that deep dive and dig in and, and really get grounded as to who I am so that I can be in the driver's seat of my own life and discern what I want to do, what I choose to listen to, what I choose to watch, what I choose to, who I choose to hang out with, the jobs I choose to take, right? Because it's in alignment with right. who I say I am. Yeah. I, I think you've just underlined as well the, the jobs I want to take. And if people are, f- finding that they're struggling or they're not enjoying a particular project they're working on, they should do a little bit of backtracking and figure out why that is. And the chances are it's because it's not in alignment with who they are, correct? Is That's that- right. You know, that you just look at your environment, your current environment, what's happening to you right now. And you can tell if you're in alignment or not, you know, by the things that you're attracting, because law of attraction doesn't just work for the good stuff. It also works for the bad stuff. <laughs> And what, what are the other elements of the DNA process? So the after the core values and style attributes are identified and defined, we go into a, your set of unique differentiators. And these differentiators can be go way back into skill sets and awards that you've won. It could be on the professional side and the personal side. So you want to look at you know what your, your own skill sets are. What are you a master of? Do you speak four languages? Have you traveled the world? You know? Do you play the violin? Um, Do you ride horses? Do you train horses? I mean, all of these different things and skill sets you have are opportunities to resonate with prospects, right? Because I'll tell you what, I just throwing out in some of my workshops, just throwing out the idea that I'm a woman fly fisher. I'm a fly fisher woman, right? I saw that on your pro. 
on yeah. your profile. So yeah. So just throwing things, little things like that. You may not think that they have anything to do with my business. They have anything to do with you know getting clients, but they actually do because when people begin to resonate with you because you're good at something that they're good at or they love to do, then that's a connection. It's a bond that they think, oh, this person's like me and they understand me and they can. I want to hire them, right? Yeah, so differentiators are core. And I'm just going to say to the listener, uh, I'd encourage you, we'll, we'll put Suzanne's website details in the show notes and, and Suzanne will give, share it at the end. But I would encourage people to go and have a look at Suzanne's profile because it's, it's great because Suzanne and I had not had the opportunity to meet before we were doing this uh, podcast. And yet I felt I knew you. Oh, good. <laughs> Because there was things in there that really spoke to who there was some personal stuff, there was some vulnerability, there was your likes and dislikes. It colors, it colors is Pinot Noir a color? So, okay, immediately I know you have a sense of humor. Those, excuse me, all those elements kind of really opened up me to knowing you more before. So, I felt comfortable coming straight on to a podcast with you because oh, great. I already knew you. So, there's a great lesson there for people listening. Is, is <laughs> Don't be afraid to share the passions, the quirkiness, because as you say, that will that will resonate with people. And it, and, will. and it will also put some people off, which is exactly. exactly what I want you to bring up, because that's a good thing, right? Because you're not wasting time on people that don't get you, right? right? And don't appreciate who you are. And that just helps you move on to that person that is appreciative. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what are the final steps of the DNA process after the Okay, so after we do this really deep dive set of interesting things that you've never, you haven't thought about yourself in so long, right? We're pulling out all these great, interesting things about you. We go into what we call standards for the personal brand, standards of living. And these are just six buckets of your life areas, like your family, your professional life, your finances, your well-being, your spirituality, your community, your other relationships. And we create declarations around what we see those areas being and uh, in our future present state. So we're actually looking into the future. If we were to apply all of our style and value attributes, what would we become in these areas? And what are, what are we, what's our philosophy about these different buckets? So that, that's a really great forward-thinking journey that helps you get and step into that in your mind. From that, do you kind of cascade down to set goals? You do, actually. Yes, you do. So after that set of what we call the declaration, then we have what we call supportive actions, which are like mini goals. Like what's the first, second, and third thing that you can do to become more of this, right? And so that keeps you thinking and going like, what do I have to do to be this future present state of myself? Right. It's really powerful. And then the final two pieces are building out your brand mantra, which is just a motivational statement that is kind of a culmination of all of your other attributes tied together in a, a short, memorable, it could be an acronym, it could be just three words, it could be just a, a short sentence that when you're out of alignment, you're in a funk, something isn't working for you, you can remember and get back into that state. It's a mantra. That's you know the purpose of that tool is a mantra to get yourself back into that alignment. And then the final piece is your why statement. This is something that if you really take the time and gift yourself this space to really identify your purpose 
what you believe your purpose is for being here on earth. And it's not the job you're in right now. It's not. It's the elements that you bring to the job and what you're doing to help and support the things around you, right? To evolve and continue to grow. Is there a reason why you, why, pardon the pun, why you did the why exercise at the end versus very often hmm. we st- Simon Shinnick uh, start with why, but many, many kind of personal development or professional development elements usually have that why, what, how exercises at the very beginning. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, whereas you, yeah. you've kind of reversed the whole I thing. I did, only because I don't think I could take that deep dive authentically until I understood who I was with those attributes. And that really helps clarify my why. It helps me with content, my new vernacular, my new vocabulary I'm using because I'm clear on who I am. I can better state more clearly and more succinctly, more efficiently who I am and what my why is. Hmm. That really does make me think. It's not something I'd thought of before. <laughs> I, I, thank you for that. It's, uh, it, it makes a ton of sense. And, and now I, I, I also get why you call it DNA because mm. it really does get into the depth of the being, I guess. It starts from the inside out, right? And it's already there. It's not like we're inventing ourselves. It's we're uncovering, right? We're kind of unpacking, dissecting, and finding out what's really there. It's always been there. Right. Yeah. And once that's all done, what are the first things that you, when you're working with your clients, what are the first things that you get them to kind of focus on? Well, there's a lot of things, actually. There's like 30 things that I suggest that they consider. And then we rank these 30 different things. Like, what's the first thing you want to do to make this now that you know who you are tangible out there so people can start perceiving it from you, right? And that can be a plethora of things. You know, if you're in business and you want to start marketing, you want to start posting We'll create or look at your current visual and we'll recreate it or update it and make it more relevant to what you now stand for, right? There's a story now that you can express. Um, We're going to look at your website for sure. We're going to take a look at that about me page for sure and really begin to infuse those core values and style attributes in that page. So people get that sense like you did that you actually know who I am now. I always tell my clients, I said, you know, I say, when you're done with your values and style attributes, and I get to read them and coach you on them, right? I want to be able to play you in your documentary in a movie. Just by reading those, I want to know you so well, right? So that's a challenge, right? They have to, people are very resistant in turning inward. And really thinking through themselves. It's so interesting, I find. That's the, the biggest obstacle. And why do you think that is? What, what do you think it is that makes people reluctant to, to do that? I think that we have been trained for a long time to get approval from the outside in, from the outside, right? So we're not, we're, we don't care about us anymore. We're caring about what others think about us. So it's hard to care about how we show up. I mean, in terms of like, is this me or is this not me versus do you like me or do you not like me? 
You know what I mean? And so we've got to just shift that. I'm doing it one client at a time, (laughs) shifting that with a lot of patience and a lot of coaching around ownership of your brand. Because the only way you can have brand management is to own it and be clear on who you are, right? And speaking of personal brands, do you have a favorite personal brand and, and why? You know, when I think of personal brands, and I use her a lot in my workshops, is uh, Lady Gaga. Hmm. And it's because she's consistently inconsistent. But at the same time, her core style attribute is creativity. And she is an artist. So she's showing up in artistic ways. Every time you hear she's going to be on a show or she's going to, you got to go see what she's going to show up looking like, right? And acting and being. So she's, she's constantly creating mystery and, but that's her brand, right? That's, and she's really good at what she does. She's almost a perfectionist at what she does. She dives into it with hundred percent. I just am fascinated by her and she's so personable at the same time. She, I would say she is super down to earth and speaks her mind and becomes very vulnerable when necessary. And she's constantly evolving. I mean, just like, I just think she's an a great person to look at in terms of studying personal brands. Yeah. As you say, she's constantly evolving and yet the base, the, the foundation is the same, that right. creativity, that confidence, that likability. The hard work, the drive. Yeah. yeah that's all core value stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What about a favorite business book or podcast? You know, one of my favorite podcasts I would say is the Huberman lab. Oh, I've heard of that. Andrew Huberman, he's a neuroscientist and a professor at one of the colleges. Oh, I heard him guest just recently on a podcast. Okay. You know, I'm a, kind of a nerd in just understanding the body and the, the self and behavioral things. And he just, just unloads so much in his podcasts. And a lot of it is very scientific, but he has a great way of explaining it. And I'm learning so much about my body and how bodies operate and the effects of sunlight, the effects of sleep, cold therapy, cryotherapy. I mean, so many things. I'm just fascinated by it. So on my walks and my hikes, I'm out there listening to, to those t- kinds of podcasts. Yeah. And I heard him on a podcast called, the, which you might like, The Knowledge Project. Oh, um, yeah. Shane, Shane Parrish. And he's a Canadian. He's a former spy. Oh my gosh. And his, but his research and his depth of questioning is phenomenal. And I got hooked onto him because he interviewed Matthew Walker, who's the sleep professor. And then he did a follow up one with Huberman just recently. And Huberman kind of expanded on it. And they they said some some of the things they said were similar. um, But then he, he, you're right, he got so deep in some of the stuff. I was going, whoa, this is, I'm going to have to listen to this again and again because Mm -hmm. it's, so much to grab from it. It's really so good. fascinating. And do you have a favorite tool or resource that you're enjoying using at the moment? You know, I am a speaker. I love speaking at live audiences and I train speakers. Actually, I'm a certified trainer in accelerated learning methodology. So I train speaker brands, but I just found this. I had a big summit I did out in South Carolina a couple, about a month and a half ago. To about 350 realtors, realtor or real estate agents. And I did, I tested this um, this interaction um, 
software that mm-hmm. on the big screen, you can literally have a pole go up and you take your phone. This isn't new technology. I'm just starting to use it. That's why I'm so excited about it. But you take your phone, everyone in the audience can take their phone and capture the, the QR code and they can answer the poll question and it comes real time on the screen. So like a word cloud shows up with everybody's answers or a scale, you know, yes or no or whatever. And so I did that and it worked fabulously. So I'm, I invested in that and I'm going to start using it to create more interaction because I'm a highly experiential trainer. And it's just, it's fascinating for the audience to see other people's answers and stuff. And and it creates a lot of collaborations. So it's called Slido. 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 Yeah. Wonderful. And that leads me to a question. As we're kind of coming back a little bit into the new normal, I don't think we're going back to whatever normal was previously. What are your thoughts around, you know, conferences, in-person events? You know, I, I think the kind of thing you're doing probably speaks to what we're going to want from if we're going to go to a conference, if I'm going to jump on a plane and go halfway across the country, I'm not just going to turn up for your standard conference anymore, your standard event. Right. What are the things that speakers or event organizers need to be thinking about now that we've got this? People are showing up. Returning to it. Yeah. Oh, I think um, definitely customization, knowing your market and really, you know, setting the stage, so to speak, for that relevancy for them to come in. I mean, there's so many things you can do experientially and multi-sensorily, right, to really make them feel at home and comfortable. Definitely look into those experiential activities instead of just an hour talk, put them into some work groups, you know, for five minutes, have them collaborate, them talk to each other, get to know each other. There's so many things you can do, Paul, um, to create excitement and energizing, infusing the learning, right? Infusing and transferring the data from your mind, the stage speaker, to your audiences. That's what I teach in my Be a Better Speaker workshop. It's really all about how do we get them more engaged in thinking of their own solutions. So the learner, the learner doesn't learn with just a lot of information being spent spewn at them, right? The learner has to take action in order to facilitate that kinesthetic process that happens when you take in information and process it, and then are able to reiterate it to your neighbor, right? Yeah. So once I think more people, more speakers understand adult learning methodology, they'll really start shifting into not just being standing behind a podium and, you know, fire hosing information into the <laughs> which yeah, yeah i think that's that's probably a, a fault of our old education system isn't it yes it, it is that's how we used to have information thrown at us and, and a lot of well speakers. if you go back a whole century before that then that's all the, where the storytelling was where the role playing was i mean somehow we got out of that where all the tribes used to teach their villages and you know with stories and dreams and experiential type of activities. I mean, we got out of that and went into this industrialized teaching. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And do you have a favorite quote? Yeah, a, a few of them. One that's, that shows up in my book too, my brand new book, Personal Brand Clarity is marketing might get your prospects in the door, but it is your brand that keeps them coming back. So that's kind of going full circle since we defined marketing and branding right. in the very beginning. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Thank you. Um, how can people get hold of you, find out more about your books and, and your programs and everything else? 
Yeah. So my book is on Amazon. It's called Personal Brand Clarity. That's my latest one for solo professionals. The other one is Brand DNA. That's for businesses with employees. My online course designed for the solo professional who is the brand of their business is www.personalbrandpresence.com. And then I just have a slew of things, even a, a free Kickstarter toolkit package that you can sign up for and kind of dip your foot in the pool of personal branding on my website, brandascension.com. That's free. Sign up for it, get the tools and start playing in that realm and getting more conscious, strategic and deliberate with your own brand. Great. And we'll make sure all of that is in the the show notes. So thank you for that. Wonderful. Thank you, Suzanne. It's been great talking with you today and finding out a little bit more about you and clarifying the brand that I had the perception of when I think you've you've underlined it well. So that's great. Well, thanks for doing a little research on me. You're welcome. (laughs) Have yourself a fantastic day. <laughs> you too, Paul. Thank you. Well, was that fantastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more fantastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.